The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org. Hi, I'm Dr. Hacky Reitman. Welcome to another episode of Exploring Different Brains. I have the pleasure today, again returning to us, of speaking with the former prosecutor, Carol Weinman, down Philadelphia way, who defends and advocates for those of us whose brains are a bit different on the autism spectrum with criminal defense and so many other things that she's going to tell you about. Carol, welcome again to Exploring Different Brains. Thank you. It's really a pleasure to be here today with you, Haki. What is the biggest single thing? What is the biggest single thing that you would think that a relative layperson like me or our audience, our different brains audience, might not know about the legal system that you can explain to us? Okay. I think the greatest thing for, that's a very good question. And I think the greatest thing for you and other people to understand about that is that from the perspective of the criminal system, if somebody commits a criminal offense, their main objective and concern is, is this a person that we can safely have out in our community, out in our society? Is it safe? So oftentimes they will initially say, I don't, I don't really want to know why the person did it. That's not my concern. I want to know whether I have to be worried that this person's not going to be someone that out in the community is, is safe to have out there. Are they going to do it again? Are they someone that we can't teach or rehabilitate to not do this for whatever reason they initially did it? So their concern is basically we've got to keep people safe. Uh, and so that's what sometimes people that I've dealt with, it's very easy. And I can also get caught in this if I'm not careful sometimes. It's very easy when you're rooting for the underdog and you understand this different brain to side with the person that's suffering from the disorder. But you have to also be able to appreciate the role on the other side and what their concern is and be able to address that to get them to feel comfortable that this person isn't going to be something that someone they have to worry about and someone that they have to put in a prison cell. Within the prison system, what was alarming to me, what I learned, um, through my interview with uh, William Packard and doing some reading, not that I'm any kind of expert at all, but um, is that the, in a, in, quote, average prison population, the huge percentage of individuals who are incarcerated who've got some kind of different brain, okay, autism spectrum being among them, but, you know, a lot of, lot of other stuff also, according to experts, number of the correctional staff that are on the spectrum and also have additional issues, which is kind of a pre-selected group who go into correct, become corrections officers in prisons, per se. I'm not saying that in a negative way at all. But um, I wonder, the, the people you defend are one subset, and then the people on the spectrum within the prison system themselves are another subset. Do you have any experience with that 
the those within the prison system? I have not visited that yet in terms of um, staff being on the autism spectrum. Or the um, the the uh, the inmates also. I mean, do you have experience with them? Oh my goodness, yes. Oh yeah. Uh, that's what I'm saying. There. Well, some of my clients have ended. Uh, not. I shouldn't say that. None of my clients ended up in prison, but I did represent. Uh, I was a legal consultant on a case where, unfortunately, he was sentenced far um, a much uh, fewer, fewer years than he would have seen had I not testified, but he still was sent to prison. But to answer your question, Hacky, um, I have been approached by a lot of individuals, as I said, that were at the end of their cases. So they are in prison and they contacted me from prison or they've contacted me through somebody else because they're in prison for their parents or whatever. Uh, there are many, many individuals that are in the, that are inmates that are on the autism spectrum. Uh, I don't even think I know a lot of them have not even been identified yet. Uh, they uh, were probably just considered behavior issues or discipline problems. In terms of the issue of, men, for a minute to divert from autism, but more in terms of people that are mentally ill, uh, it's a really interesting journey I've had. I started out in having a lot of empathy for those people when I was a prosecutor, and I didn't like what I was seeing in terms of those going through the system. Uh, so I also have represented people with mental illness from the defense side. And, you know, the same way that they don't belong in prison, um, people with autism don't belong in prison. But there are a lot of people in prison uh, on the autism spectrum. And again, that's another part of something that I am completely passionate and committed to. Uh, part of my work is going into the prisons and um, talking to the inmates. Uh, and it's an area that needs a lot of work. Uh, and the other thing, let me, I'm sorry, Hacky, let me just say something that I feel very also very passionate about since we're talking about prisons. These individuals not only don't fare well in prisons because of all their social skill ineptness, which gets them in a lot of trouble with corrections officers that don't have any tolerance for that and what they may see as being rude or insolent. But sadly, for that reason, a lot of these inmates end up getting put into solitary confinement because they're put up for infractions. So it, there's there's a lot of problems with this um, and some really tragic outcomes. Is it uniform throughout the country that there are mental health courts or that's just geographical in nature? Well, there, the best way, I can, there are mental health courts uh, I can't say there are mental health courts in every state. I can't speak to that because I don't know that. They can be, that can, that can vary. However, to qualify, I do not see, I do not perceive individuals on the autism spectrum as going through the mental health courts. That's where the distinction is. And that's where some of the issues are that we need to visit and, and change. Would it be to the benefit of you and your clients to be seen in a mental health court? Well, the best way I can answer that uh, is that the way that the mental health courts are set up now, I would have to say no, uh, because they are um, structured for people with mental illness. And that is very different. And for this reason, first of all, what makes this population so challenging is that it, it, we call it a spectrum, autism spectrum, because people fall anywhere within that spectrum. 
okay? Different from someone with a bipolar disorder, for example, or schizophrenia, which may be a little more exact in terms of how it's treated, in terms of, symptom of symptoms. People on the autism spectrum, there's a saying that's quoted by Dr. Stephen Shore, if you've met one person with autism, you've met one person with autism, okay? That's what makes this so challenging from my perspective too, because I have to educate the judge and the courts and the attorneys that this individual has to be looked at uniquely. And, the, and I have a very holistic approach that I take with clients. I have to look at the entire picture. I have to look at the whole person uh, because there are so many things that play in to the behavior of this particular person and more so to how this particular person's brain works. There are certain characteristics that are often more of a common denominator along people on the autism spectrum, but that's where it stops. There really is a variability, um, and that's why it's, it's considered a spectrum, and that is what is going to make this area very challenging uh, and why I think it's so important to have people like myself out there advocating directly for them so that I can address that particular issue on a particular set of facts and a particular case. Is there a specialty being offered at any law school by having you teach that, or is that uh, not? Uh, is what being offered at law school? Um, I'm sorry. An educational pathway, like an orthopedic surgeon. I'm an orthopedic surgeon. So after I do my six-year residency in orthopedics, if I want to specialize in, say, spine surgery, I can go somewhere and study just spines for a couple of years, you know, kind of thing. If someone wanted to do just what you're doing, is there a educational pathway or is there a fellowship or they would just have to follow you around? I mean, how does it work when you're one of a kind? <laughs> well, it's, I think it's analogous to any pioneer in any field, you know? Um, you know, when Albert, Albert Einstein started, or I mean, it sounds funny, but what I have learned from doing this is I'm a pioneer. I'm, I'm, I'm in an area that's brand new. Uh, and this, this and, and truthfully, it found me. What happened is that my, the, the people kept coming knocking on my door till I got the uh, indication that this is what I need to be doing because there's such a need for it. Um, and uh, I, there is no one, there is no education for this. Uh, and I guess the, 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 the best way for me to explain it is that the reason that it's such a specialty niche and what makes me unique is that you can have psychologists, for example, Hacky B, uh, expert witnesses, which is often the way it has often in the past been done. So you'll get a psychologist who may test for autism and no autism to a degree. But first of all, autism is relatively new. So they don't totally even they may they may be able to diagnose it that doesn't mean that they intimately understand it uh what i think makes me different is first of all i raised a child with autism and i don't think there's any better better education than that um secondly i understand the criminal system inside out what makes it different than somebody from another discipline with this expertise is that i really understand how it works i understand how to talk to lawyers to judges i know the behind the scenes that takes place in the courtroom um, I know the ins and outs of a, a criminal case. So it's become a very um, interesting, unique niche. And I, I 
I'm not saying that somebody may never be able to do what I do, but I think it's a very difficult, intangible thing to totally teach somebody. Um, I hope to do that more, but I, I, I think it's challenging to teach someone to have the depth of knowledge that I right now have in, the, in both the areas of criminal law and in autism, if that answers your question. I don't profess to be a doctor. I don't diagnose. What I do is I take the evaluations that are done of these individuals and I look at the picture and then I look at the criminal offense and I'm able to tie the two together to explain what happens. Carol, um, for our audience, how can they get in touch with you? They can visit my website at WeinmanLawOffice.com. They can email me there at cswineman at lawoffice.com. And there's also a contact form uh, on my website and a phone number. Carol, is there anything we haven't covered here that you'd like to cover? I don't know that we haven't covered it. I, I just cannot emphasize enough that this population, whether it I mean, again, I do a lot of work in the criminal system, whether it be there or whether it be in special education or whether it even be a child who's part of a custody dispute. I can't emphasize enough that if you are dealing with somebody with autism spectrum disorder, they need to be viewed differently. Just as you know, with, with your whole all the work you do with different brains, um, we have to become more cognizant and more sensitive to the fact that their brains are different and that causes them to do things differently, to think differently, to appear differently. And the biggest thing I, I, I really want to leave people with is that when you're dealing with someone with autism, what you see is not what it often appears to be. Carol Weinman, it's been a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much again for coming back and being a guest on Exploring Different Brains. My pleasure, Aki. Um, I'm, you know, really committed to this work and to the work that you do and to, you know, raising the awareness uh, on this issue. Exploring Different Brains is a production of Different Brains, Inc. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.org.